Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Hey everyone, I know I haven't been on here for a while. Um, I have been taking some time off, just dealing with everything that's been happening in the world right now and also going through um, some reinvention and recreation of content in the nourishment business. Um, I have decided to do a really mini series on how to regulate periods and PCOS without going on the birth control pill. This is um, some content is actually from a challenge that I ran last year and this is a five-day challenge. Um, it was an email challenge where everybody got an email and they received content every day for five days um, just to talk about various topics surrounding regulating periods. I decided to put all of this information into a podcast episode so that you will be able to understand how to regulate your own periods and how to take care of your own um, uh, menstrual cycle and so that you will understand what is involved, what hormones are involved, and also what lifestyle choices you can take to actually improve your periods. So welcome to the first Part of the series is going to be a five-part series so make sure you catch up on the various episodes that's going to be following up so the first day today I want to be talking about your menstrual cycle so obviously you know um, in PCOS some of us have like really long periods some of have some of us have really short periods I for one I had prolonged periods for over a month so I had to really learn the basics of my menstrual cycle in order to understand the hormones involved and so that I can understand what kind of dietary and lifestyle changes that I needed to do in order to correct it. So let's get started. So we're going to learn about our cycle right now. Our menstrual cycle occurs every month and usually starts around the ages of 13, even though girls are actually getting them even younger during this modern day. On average, it is 28 days, but the normal range is between 21 to 35 days. So even if you have 31 or 26 day cycles, it is considered normal. And there's no rule that every woman should be 28 days. And this is something that I want to stress because a lot of people think that every month they have to ovulate on day 14 and they have to have their periods for that last 20, um, sorry, not their periods. <laughs> they should have their cycle every 28 days. and this is virtually not realistic at all. Like no woman would have a 28-day cycle every single month for a whole year. That's a misunderstanding and unnecessary pressure to put on yourself to align yourself to educational standards because everybody is different. So now we have four phases in our cycle and I like to think of them aligned with seasonal phases. So seasonal phases are great terms to use so that you can explain to your male partner or your family and friends so that they understand what you need and want in terms of physical and emotional support in each phase. So the first phase would be menstruation, which is also known as winter. Second phase is follicular, which is the spring phase. 
The third phase is ovulatory, corresponding with summer, and the last phase is luteal, which is the fall. So our periods are actually the start of our cycle and it's considered the winter phase. So you want to know that the day one of your cycle is the day that you're actually bleeding and not when you're spotting. So day one of your period is the start of your cycle. We generally, we generally bleed from three to seven days and the amount of blood flow typically starts heavy and gradually decreases. The blood should be a vibrant red when starting and this will indicate that your hormones are balanced. I recently learned from Elisa VT, which is the author of In the Flow, and she actually had a quiz that outlines how different colors on your period um, could outline different imbalances in your hormones. Some mild PMS symptoms like mild cramps and breast tenderness are normal. And note that the word is mild and not intense. Most of us, you know, most of us have dealt with a lot of PMS symptoms before. And if you have intensive cramps, mood swings, these are signs of estrogen dominance, which is the imbalance between your female sex hormone estrogen and the other female sex hormone progesterone. During menstruation, our estrogen and progesterone starts to drop and it tapers off until the next phase of the cycle, which is the follicular phase. So let me just run through real quick the different types of periods. So if you have short and light periods, these are periods that last only two days and the blood is pink instead of bright red. This indicates low estrogen because there isn't enough of it to build the uterine lining and to shed it after. So the solution, if you have short and light periods, is to have iron-rich foods like liver, egg, spinach, oatmeal, and pumpkin seeds. Try to use the herb maca to regulate levels of estrogen. And this might or might not work. Uh, for some people, maca is just too stimulating or you know, it has some kind of side effect. But for most people that I know, and for me also personally, I really benefited from the use of maca. If you have heavy and painful periods, this would mean that periods that last more than seven days and you have to change an excessive amount of pads or tampons during the day, which interrupts your daily function. Blood, the blood that you typically observe is dark and this might signal more estrogen than progesterone, which would mean that you have estrogen dominance. Another category of periods, if um, you have PCOS especially, you would have abnormal periods. Um, also, what would indicate an abnormal period is if your blood does not lighten in amount, but rather stays the same day after day, and the color of your blood is actually brown or dark. Lastly, is absent periods. Obviously, you don't want to have missing periods. This is a sign of either too low body fat, impending perimenopause, excessive stress levels, and more. So as you can see here, even the type of period that you have already gives you so much information about your hormones, right? The color of your period, um, the color of your blood, the length of your period, how heavy, how short it is, the type of PMS symptoms that you have, and even the length of your periods, obviously. It can tell you how well your body is doing in terms of health, how balanced your hormones are. So what this translates into everyday life during the winter phase is normal. It's time to be more introverted, to go into our caves, 
reflect and be okay with not doing much. So this is the phase where you really want to tune into yourself. You really want to just relax, give yourself a lot of restorative yoga exercises, give yourself permission to pause and avoid high intensity um, exercises. So opt for restorative ones like an abdominal massage instead. And this is considered the winter phase. The next phase is the spring slash follicular phase. And this is where, you know, things are starting to bloom. And it, so it does in your uterus. The estrogen here is the dominant hormone, which is rising. It will rise alongside luteinizing hormone in order to trigger ovulation during the days 12 to 16. So again here, ovulation does not have to happen on day 14. You can either ovulate earlier or later, depending on the cycle. Also, follicle-stimulating hormone, FSH, signals for the follicles to, to increase in size. And so you're hoping for one to eventually rupture and release an egg during ovulation. So too much estrogen here could be due to insulin resistance. Um, so be mindful of sugar intake and always have good protein and healthy fats with your meals. And what this translates into everyday life is, you know, spring spells out bloom. In the same way, our estrogen levels are rising and we're blooming in beauty. You might be able, you know, you will be able to see yourself getting more curvy. You want to feel more sexy. You're more productive. You're ready to go. Your lips and your curves might feel fuller. You have more energy to get things done. And this is also a stage where libido typically starts to rise. And I want to say a word about this. So if you have abnormally long periods or if you have irregular periods in, due to PCOS, the follicular phase tends to vary a lot. Later on, when we talk about the luteal phase, that actually tends to just stick within the range of 12 to 16 days. Um, so if you have a long period, chances are you're ovulating later and it's because your follicular phase is varying in length. So the third stage is ovulation. Ovulation happens when an egg gets released by either ovary and travels to the uterus via the fallopian tubes. The egg only survives for 24 hours. So if you're thinking of having babies, this is the prime day to have intercourse. And obviously if penetrated by the sperm, the egg will implant into the endometrium. Otherwise it passes out of the body alongside the uterine lining during menstruation. So this is the summer phase. This is where if you're um, using fertility awareness methods, which I will talk about in the next episode, um, you will start to see your mucus be becoming a peak kind of mucus, which is uh, instead of being sticky or creamy, it will become raw or egg white. Um, usually this ovulate, the summer phase is where the fertile window is happening. So usually we are only fertile six days out of the month. This is because sperm can live in our uterus, in our cervix, I would say, um, for up to five days, and the egg only lives for a day. So contrary to belief, we're not fertile every day. Men are fertile every day, but women are only fertile six days out of the month. And what this translates into everyday life is time to get down and dirty. Um, this is a sure sign that your body is preparing to, um, for the egg to be implanted into your uterus. And again, if you're measuring your body temperature, this is when your basal body temperature spikes after your egg has been released. And this is again, a sure sign that you have ovulated. 
don't worry about all of this. The whole basal body temperature and mucus signs will be covered in the next episode. And the last phase we're talking about now is the luteal phase, which translates into the fall phase. And this is when the ruptured follicle now becomes the corpus luteum, and without fertilization, it will be expelled out during menstruation. And the corpus luteum is paramount for progesterone to be released in order to prepare the womb for pregnancy. So women with PCOS tend to have lower levels of progesterone as compared to estrogen. That's why a lot of us suffer from estrogen dominance. And I would say that progesterone is actually really important if we want to maintain the first trimester and to avoid any miscarriages. Progesterone is the dominant hormone during the luteal phase and it thickens the endometrial lining to prepare for possible implantation. So as I said before, the luteal phase cannot be um, lengthened up more than 16 or 17 days. So if your cycle is long or extremely short, it's due to the length of your follicular phase. And I would also like to say that a short luteal phase is less than 10 days and it may cause infertility issues or miscarriages because there's not enough time for implantation to take place. And I would also say you probably do not have enough progesterone for your lining to be thickened enough and you will most likely miscarriage. There's also a condition called luteal phase defect, and this is whereby the body does not make enough progesterone. So what this translates into everyday life is during fall, progesterone is a hormone that is the source of relaxation. We tend not to want to do much compared to the first part of a cycle. So again, this is kind of going into inward. Um, you know, you're going up, you're going down, you're going up during ovulation. You're going down during the luteal phase and once you're going to enter the winter phase. So I like to think about this phase as um, kind of taking everything I want to do on my to-do list. I tend to be really productive in house chores. So if you are a mom or if you're a stay-at-home person, um, you really want to work on paying your bills, uh, work on chores, work on anything meticulous that you really need to get done this is the perfect phase to do it. Perhaps you would also like to journal more, take a warm bath or sleep earlier so that you can smoothly transition into the menstruation phase, which is the winter phase. So now I'd like to talk about importance of ovulation. So I learned from Tony Weschler and Lisa Henderson-Jack that ovul ovulation is not just a sign that you ovulated and you're fertile. It's actually a sign of health. So periods uh, ovulation are actually a fifth vital sign now. And so when our hormones are out of whack and ovulation does not happen, we are notified that some imbalance is happening or there's a medical condition that is happening. So when ovulation does not happen, this is termed as end ovulation. An end ovulatory cycle can happen at any time due to stress, food poisoning, travel, anxiety, and especially women with PCOS, we tend to have end ovulatory cycles, which means that we do not ovulate altogether for many months or at all. I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about modern fertility. If you are someone who wants to get pregnant real soon, or if you're anyone in your age 20s or 30s, if you want to have kids in the next five years, if you're considering freezing your eggs, 
Or if you suspect your hormones are imbalanced, such as if you have PCOS or if you actually went off birth control, um, I would encourage you to look up modern fertility. Modern fertility is actually a comprehensive fertility hormone test for women that you can take at home. The online experience includes a physician-reviewed personalized report, access to weekly webinars, and actually a free one-to-one -one consultation with a fertility nurse. I love Modern Fertility and they are incredible because they are giving us women a super easy at home test which costs only $159 when when it is so much more expensive to go to a fertility clinic and get that same hormone test for more than $1500. So with Modern Fertility this test actually gives you access to the information you need to help to plan ahead and navigate the world of fertility. All tests are conducted in a certified lab and Modern Fertility's team of physicians and clinical advisors lead some of the nation's top fertility clinics. With Modern Fertility, if you're currently pregnant or breastfeeding, the hormone test will not work for you. And if you're over 45 years old, this will not work for you either. I'm really excited to share with you about this test because for women with PCOS, we have a lower chance or we seem to have a lower chance of conceiving. And having this test, knowing exactly where your hormones levels are and knowing how good your egg reserve is, will actually give you a clearer mental picture of whether you can conceive or not. And if your chances are low, heck, you can actually kind of plan, a, you can plan ahead, right? You can plan two or three years ahead. So the modern facility fertility test will actually tell you if you have more or less eggs than average and what you can expect from egg freezing and IVF and actually how your hormone levels relate to PCOS, which is what one in 10 women have. And the overall result is you have a broader clarification and understanding of your general hormone health. So modern fertility, it depends, it goes on eight fertility hormones that they test. And if you aren't sure and you're not ready to buy, you can always go to modernfertility.com where you can take a quiz to receive more information about it and go straight to kind of building your own timeline tool on the website. So basically inputting your, your age and how many kids you want and they will actually give you a timeline of when you should be thinking of conceiving in order to get the specific goal. How cool is that? And the best thing about modern fertility is that you get support from the modern community where you can find women supporting women regarding their own personal fertility journeys. I, for one, am so excited to share my modern fertility results with you. I recently got my test in the kit and I'm waiting for day three of my period to actually do the test at home and send it back to the lab. So for more information, and if you're ready to dive deep and want to get your own modern fertility test kit, you can get 10% off. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash nourishmel to get your kit. Once again, go to modernfertility.com slash nourishmel to get your modern fertility kit today. Let's move on to nutrient and lifestyle conditions, considerations for period maintenance. So this is information adapted from the period repair manual written by Dr. Lara Bryden. Uh, 
And I would have to say that a lot of nutrients and vitamins here are really necessary for our periods to be regular and for our hormones to be balanced. So this is a list of all the nut important nutrients, including magnesium, zinc, vitamin B, including B6, especially if you have really bad PMS symptoms, rhodiola, which is a, an adaptogen um, to help with relaxation, vitamin D, moderate exercise. Note that I note moderate. So moderate exercise, meaning that you don't do HIIT all the time because that translates to excess stress, which for some women can cause their periods to be absent. Include restorative practices such as yoga and meditation. Have good source of protein at every meal, including liver and plenty of vegetables. I love having beef liver because it is very nutrient-dense and it's just touted as a superfood. And it has basically a lot of nutrients that you need to improve your period health. Also avoid vegetable oils, dairy, and artificial forms of sugar, any processed foods you really want to avoid. Have more phytoestrogens like soy products, ground flax seeds, nuts, and seeds. A word on phytoestrogens here, they don't, they're weak estrogens, so they typically do not really influence your estrogen as much as you think, unless you're eating soy products all the time. But it's good to have alternative um, and uh, intakes of them. Um, every now and then because they really can influence your estrogen in a good way. Be sure to consume carbohydrates from vegetables to sustain your brain function and musculature during exercise. So this will be rice, whole fruit, and sweet potato. And obviously, please make these dietary changes and stick with them for at least three weeks to see results. If you want to know more, you can always reach out to me because I provide guidance for nutrition, for PCOS women, and for any other woman whose hormones are imbalanced. So the question here is, what is one thing you can take note of when it comes to your periods? Like, can you take note of whether, whether you're ovulating or not? Can you take note of your period, um, the, blood, the color of your blood? Can you take note of the length of your period or how long your cycle is? Every single observation that we um, input into our daily lives can go way, way, way downstream to really help us to improve our period health. Another hint here, Vitex has actually been shown to regulate the luteal phases of cycles and it affects the levels of progesterone in the body. So it helps PCOS women to regulate their cycles and it helps menopausal women to improve their higher levels of progesterone production. And please be cautious, obviously, when you take Vitex because for some women, it does not work very well and always ask for medical advice. And so I would like to put in some resources to understanding your menstrual cycle. So I'll be putting in some videos and articles, including a video, a YouTube video that I did about understanding the basics of your menstrual cycle so that you understand the phases. And once you understand the phases more, you would understand how the hormones rise and dip and what you're looking for. Because whenever our hormones are imbalanced, we get symptoms and we tend to pop pills or painkillers to address those symptoms. But all we need to do is really understand how our hormones work and implement lifestyle changes and nutritional changes to really influence the hormones. So make sure you get to know the phases and hormones pretty well. The next episode, we're going to dive deeper into ovulation and you'll get to know how to chart your cycles 
to understand whether you really ovulated or not. And if you have PCOS, this is big because infertility is a huge cause for concern and irregular periods often come about because we don't ovulate in the first place. So especially if you're looking into conceiving in the future or if you're just so sick of your irregular periods or if you don't really don't want to go on the birth control but you're still not ovulating properly right now, you definitely want to check out the next episode.